This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to Eureka. Every week we invite a new expert to help us answer one of science's most interesting questions. We don't have a tagline. We still don't have a tagline. Well, we have a suggestion. So one of our listeners, Ben Garrett, yes. offered on Twitter the show that puts science through its paces and gives it a good old stretch. It's a bit too long. Yeah. But I don't mind it. Puts science through its paces and gives it a good old stretch. I'm yeah. Not... <sighs> yeah. Okay. I mean, it may... Yeah. What about... What about... Here's one from me. Um, Eureka... Einstein's favourite podcast. I mean, it's short. It kind of tells you it's about science. And obviously, you know, it, it would have been his favourite po- podcast had he lived to the age of podcasting. I don't think taglines are your forte. No? No. I think he would have liked this show, though. He was, he, I mean, he was a bit of a... La- I think we're a bit too laddish sometimes. He, I, mean, I mean, there was that show I, where you I, talked I, about stroking off the atom. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, I don't think you can really characterise Einstein as laddish. I mean, he was, a, he was, he was horrible. Well, you say that. but He I, was horrible. Well, it, it, I don't think he was horrible. Mm. I think he was, it, I mean, he was, he was not, not... Well, we the, talked about this in the, in the World Cup of Scientists. He was not the greatest. So I read this week something I'd never heard before, but I was Googling something about Marie Curie. Mm-hmm. And you know how she, she had that affair with Paul Langevin mm-hmm. and it got in all the press and, and she got loads of shit for it. Yeah. And um, Einstein weighed in on that, apparently. Oh, and, yeah. and what he said was that because um, it was... Paul Langevin's sort of estranged wife who had um, who had leaked the story to the press, he said he didn't think that she should be so worried about Marie Curie because although she was really bright, she wasn't much of a looker. <laughs> mm. I mean... It's not great, is it? It's not great. Uh, you, you can't criticise Einstein's contribution, but I think you can criticise the way he lived his life. Well, it was a bit like that thing with Emmy Noether, where he, when she died, and she'd been the woman who like helped him with this stuff. So he, he like said, "Can you get Emmy? Can you get Miss Noether to come and help me with this? Because I don't mm. understand the maths here." Yeah. And and then when she died, he wrote in the New York Times like she was probably the best female mathematician of the age. No, she was probably the best mathematician of the age, Albert. Yeah. You know, yeah. the fact that she was a woman had nothing to do with it whatsoever. Yeah, I mean, misogyny, um, you know, I suppose was a lot more rife then, but still. Still. Come on, Albert. He would have liked the podcast. Yeah, uh, yeah, we're not... To we're our shame, have... actually, yes. now yeah. I've said yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, would you refuse a positive <laughs> quote uh, from Albert Einstein? <laughs> Probably not, actually. Probably not. We'll take that. <laughs> uh, I'm Rick Edwards. And I'm Dr. Michael Brooks. So, um, do you remember in COVID, we're all working from home, we all discover mm-hmm. Zoom, um, yeah. we're doing stuff I've on I've literally never teams. heard of Zoom before that. No, I don't think I had at all. And now it's like a just, you know, mm. it's a verb now, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you know who really fucked up? Whoever was marketing Skype. I know. <laughs> what the f- How has that happened? Like, genuinely, I don't know how that's happened. I mean, like, it's owned by Microsoft now, isn't it? But they've got Teams, so... So they, I think they own Skype, but they just know. like they just put it in a corner. But like, if you think of video calling pre-pandemic was, it was only Skype. Yeah, we are going to Skype. Gonna Skype. The, like That's you, what say, you say, yeah, it was, we're it was the, Skype. we're going to Skype. Like I know, I didn't know any other option. And then you get to the pandemic, everyone's got to video call. Fuck it, where the fuck Zoom come from? <laughs> what are you playing at Skype? I mean, fair play to Zoom. Yeah, absolutely. But Skype of yeah, that is one of the the biggest ball drops of all time, and it's changed everything now. So so you know I you know I've already done one Zoom today. I yeah. did about five yesterday. It's like just it's just I a normal thing. I do you? Him. Yeah, yeah, I really do. Uh, people don't want to talk on the phone anymore. I always say if I'm going to interview somebody, you know, shall we talk on the phone or do you want to Zoom? And they always want to Zoom, and I'm amazed. I'm really surprised by that. I'll take a normal phone call. I am talking Zoom. to scientists. Or, yeah. Yeah, they don't get out that often. Yeah, so. I guess. But no, it's it's um, I, I, it drives me out the wall actually. Did you right. do um, did you do lots of stuff during the pandemic that sort of made you that put you off Zoom, or did you just mm, always hate it? I did you do like family quizzes? No, did do did do a few quizzes, some of which were all right, some of which were agonisingly bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, did a bit of sort of work as well on 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 Zoom that I really didn't really didn't enjoy um yeah it wasn't it, it was i mean you know it wasn't a good time was it uh, no, for anyone no um but but that that side of it and the legacy of it as you as, as you rightly point out is that now everyone wants to fucking zoom the whole time yeah and um yeah that that is like the bane in my life yeah i mean we talked didn't we about whether we would do the podcast by zoom and we were like yeah no, no we won't definitely not yeah, we'll just put it on hold until until we can come into a studio well put it this way actually we do for the for the breakfast show we do a zoom at six o'clock yeah every evening to talk about what's oh, going to yeah. be in the show the next day everyone has their video on except me <gasps> i just do it as a phone call you do not don't, don't have my don't have the camera on oh. haven't haven't had the camera on uh since like the very start so for the last year i have i just don't put it on what do they say about that well, I, well initially not... they were like oh you're gonna put your camera on i was like no <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and now everyone's just used to it now no one expects me to put it on but i've really had to sort of dig my heels in so i do it like a phone call all right so this actually worries me about this episode that we're recording right now, because I think you're going to hate everything to do with it. Mm-hmm. And my problem is that I also feel like I might hate everything to do with it as well. So we're going to have to try and be positive because what we're going to talk about is basically going into the metaverse, going into a virtual augmented reality where we inhabit our online lives properly and just like, you know, basically sack off the physical world and have a great time online with our avatars in virtual reality, with our headsets, maybe even touching, seeing, feeling, smelling stuff, buying stuff. I'm not going to suddenly get a hard on for haptics, if that's what you're thinking. You're not. 
No. Okay. Well, basically... Well, I'm not looking forward to this. (laughs) What we're asking this week (laughs) is, is the metaverse going to be shit? Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> thanks for listening. Special thanks to our expert, <laughs> yeah. Rick Edwards. <laughs> the tech industry loves a buzzword, and right now everyone is talking about the metaverse. I have some hot takes on this whole metaverse thing. Metaverse thing. What actually is the metaverse? The metaverse. Researchers predict that the global metaverse market could be worth about $680 billion in just a few years by 2030. But slowly but surely, I think the things you can do in the metaverse and the amount of time you spend in virtual reality in the metaverse will slowly increase to the point where we really uh, become an immersive world. The metaverse began life as a concept in science fiction. But how far are we from it becoming a reality? It is time for us to adopt a new company brand to encompass everything that we do. To reflect who we are and what we hope to build. I am proud to announce that starting today, our company is now Meta. Many of us now work online, bank online, shop online. Almost all of us socialize online. But how connected do we really feel? Today, we're going to talk about the metaverse, starting with the most important experience of all, connecting with people. The pandemic accentuated our reliance on the online world as we turned to sites like Zoom to see our friends and family. The fact is, increasing technology is creeping deeper and deeper into our lives, and people are often accused of living vicariously through their smartphones. Perhaps moving our lives entirely online is just the next logical step. That's why this week we're asking, is the metaverse going to be shit? So luckily, we're joined by somebody who isn't an arch cynic for everything <laughs> everything online. Uh, we've got our expert, it's Victoria Baines, who is a professor of information technology at Gresham College. Uh, this year, she's lecturing on humanising cyberspace. So she's exploring all of this interesting, exciting, slightly scary stuff that's happening in the tech world. And we'll post a link to her lecture on the on the. She did a lecture on the metaverse for Gresham College. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll post a link to that on Twitter. It's definitely worth a watch. She's really interesting. So um, she, she mentioned during our conversation that she did like classics at university. Mm-hmm. And then she, I, I listened That's to her. That's a hell of a pivot. Yeah, so I listened to her on, on a podcast and she was saying, well, I'd done that. And then I thought, oh, I don't know what to do with that. And then she saw a job advert in the newspaper for like a police like, intelligence analyst or something for the, for the Met Police or some police force. And she said, oh, I think I'll apply for that. I <laughs> just did that like massive pivot. Yeah. yeah, it was brilliant. Um, so what did you ask her first? So first of all, I asked Victoria to tell us what exactly is the metaverse? The trouble with the metaverse is that it can be really difficult to see behind all the hype that we're getting right now. So it's actually really difficult to come to a single definition of the metaverse. It very much depends on who you are and what tech you're developing as to what you think the metaverse is. Now we can go right back to basics and just completely coincidentally, I studied Latin and Greek at university. What you'll hear, you'll hear lots of tech bros at the moment saying that the metaverse is all about the big beyond. The big beyond of, you know, what what we don't yet have now, what we'll have in five, ten years time. It's an economy that's going to be worth billions and billions. For me, the metaverse is all about communities. Um, And the reason I mention Latin and Greek 
is that meta doesn't just mean beyond, it means with or among. It's all about having those online experiences together. So when we're thinking about the time horizon, it can be quite difficult because it, it, it relies on there being lots of different technologies all coming together at once. So us having the financial infrastructure with digital currencies, us having immersive technologies like virtual reality, VR, augmented reality, AR, that allow us to feel like we're physically present in an online environment. Haptic technology that allows us to feel sensation and touch, like we're actually shaking hands with people or like we're actually thumping somebody in an online space. Thumping somebody in an online space. That sounds like you might enjoy being there. Yeah, I guess. I guess. I just, I don't know. You'd rather do it in real life? Yeah, I think so. I mean, actually, I'd rather just not thump anyone uh, virtually or in reality. Um, I just, I find it really hard to get excited about any of it. Right. And, and a lot of the stuff she's talking about feels like we've got already. So this is just about them all coalescing together at the same time, is it? Um, in a way, yeah, yeah. I mean, so I mean, there's lots of technology. So the the whole point of everyone getting excited about the metaverse is this sense. Not that- everyone. <laughs> everyone but us too. Yeah. It's like so Zuckerberg changes Facebook's name to Meta, mm. right? So the company is now called Meta, yeah. and unlike you, he's got a proper boner for this stuff. And what he says is that you know we've got augmented reality, so you can you know basically superimpose information onto reality if you're wearing like a pair of special glasses. Oh yeah, Google Glass. I mean, everyone's wearing Google Glass. Now, aren't they? <laughs> I mean, that what a fucking flop that was. Yeah, I mean they they abandoned that, didn't they? Basically, we'll get onto the whole sort of you know mm. tech tech stepping backwards thing mm-hmm. but um so the idea is there is technology you know you've got these virtual reality headsets that you can now use yeah um you've got sort of the the beginnings of haptics where you can kind of sense things uh you know we've even got the possibility that you know you start to sort of inject feelings into people's brains we talked about that in our episode on electricity mm-hmm. um so you've got you know obviously you've got the blockchain um, so you've got a kind of online currency that works well, and you've got people starting to inhabit these uh, environments like um, Roblox, yeah. um, which sort of feels a slightly like Minecraft, but yeah, for, for like grown-ups. Yeah. Yeah. But that, that sort of sense of, you know, here's a universe you can create and live in and do stuff in. And, and, it's you know, glorified Sims. Yeah, and Second Life. Do you remember when everyone got yeah, excited yeah, about yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, the thing is, you you kind of, you know that this stuff is happening when brands are getting involved, I think. Like, not tech brands, but just gen- yeah, general yeah, brands. So, like, yeah. you can buy a pair of virtual sneakers from Nike. Yeah. And... And so your avatar wears so them. So your avatar wears them. And so, you know, they have the cash they're wearing a nice pair of kicks and all that kind of stuff. And... I guess, I don't know, but I guess that some people are buying that stuff. It's not you, though, is it? It's certainly not me. No, but maybe one day it will be. I mean, I really hope not. (laughs) That's what I feel about this. I don't know if I'm Are we just just old? That's that's exactly my problem. It's like, am I just old? Is this like, you know, is it... If we, did, my, my dad's if we did an episode on drill, yeah. yeah if, we, if we were a music podcast and we yeah. did an episode on drill, mm. this would probably have the same kind of vibe of like, yeah, yeah I, I'm, I don't really get it. But anyway, it's not, I mean, should we do a music podcast about drill? <laughs> <laughs> We'd never come up with a tagline, would we? <laughs> Can you imagine? 
<laughs> so, but I mean, people, you can do things now where you, you go online, you interact with people, you have these kinds of interactions, you can buy stuff. So you can buy like... Oh, an, it's just called You Know the Drill, isn't it? <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> so you can buy ice cream and then somebody will actually deliver it to your door physically. Like, so presumably you're wearing your, your VR headset when you answer the door. So you can go into like these, you know, metaverse spaces. Right. And have these interactions. And like you say, brands are involved. So you can go, not only can you buy, to buy sneakers, you can go to Ben and Jerry's yeah. or, or equivalent and buy an ice cream that actually gets delivered to you physically. In the real world. In the real world. Hmm. And and so you you know you go and answer the door in your, I don't in need your to be virtual headset. For that to happen, by the way. I no, obviously, obviously. But this is, if you're living your life online and you're saying to somebody that you're talking to online, like, oh, let's let's have an ice cream. So you go to the be- the virtual Ben and Jerry's yeah. and both of you get ice cream delivered to your house. Yeah. So you can sit there having an ice cream together. You're having an ice cream together in the virtual world, but you're also actually physically tasting it as well. And although actually people are starting to develop headsets where you get taste and smell mm-hmm. And stuff come through. You have to basically wear a full body mask, like your Darth Vader. But um, it's sort of you know, so. So people are up for this, right? Some people are up for this, is what I'm saying. Maybe you and I aren't, but actually, maybe you know we're in the minority, and lots of people would really enjoy doing this. You can kind of you know you can go to concerts online. So Ariana Grande did a did a a, a virtual reality sort of metaverse mm. gig that people, people could go to. Bought tickets to it. <laughs> yes. God, it's mad, isn't it? It is mad. I'm sure, yeah. I, I, I can't even countenance going to Abba Voyage. I mean, what's no. that about? Yeah. That, but, you know, people I mean, say it's really good. That's say, the other thing is like, until you experience it, yeah. you cannot judge it because people go to Abba Voyage and they no, say it's amazing. That, that, and I'm like, it can't possibly be. Yeah. And, and of course it isn't. <laughs> Have you like, been there? No, I don't need, I do not need to go to Abba Voyage. But you said the same about Ab- Hamilton the musical. Uh, no, I'd never express any opinion on Hamilton the musical. On musicals I generally? Went, yes, musicals generally. When I went to Hamilton, I had no idea it was a musical. <laughs> that was the key thing. Five minutes in, we had to lean over to Emma and go, is this a fucking musical? <laughs> and she was like cackling away. <laughs> and then I really enjoyed it. Yeah, but yeah that is, exactly. That, so you enjoyed yeah. it. I'm not, if, I'm not if going to enjoy with... ABBA Voyage. No, I, don't I, don't like, think, I... I don't like any ABBA songs. <laughs> All right. Absolute All right. crap. All right, but but the point is that it sounds crap, but people who go have a really good time. And maybe the metaverse is the same thing. Yeah, all right. So presumably, the more immersed I am in an environment, and this feels like quite a way off for me, but if I am immersed in the metaverse, then I will start... I'll start to sort of feel invested in it emotionally. And to start to experience like genuine emotions in the metaverse, yes, yeah, and that presumably just builds and builds, and that can be both positive and negative. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it definitely will if you go and inhabit there and and do some stuff that you're enjoying doing. Mm. Then, then of course you're going to feel positive about it, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you're going to say, "Oh, this is somewhere I like spending time in." Just like if you're playing video games. You know, yeah. you enjoy playing video games and you want to play more video games. And I think the more you enjoy yourself in the metaverse, probably the more time you'll want to spend there. Yeah. And then the less time you spend sort of interacting with anybody in the physical world, which is a win-win as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> 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 I 
us cynical old men aside, there are positives. And I asked Victoria to explain some of them to me because I couldn't see them. <laughs> We've already seen that educationally, you can make learning so much more immersive. Um, so it's almost 10 years now, I think, that certain schools have been using Google Cardboard, you know, those kind of cardboard VR headsets to do virtual tours of museums. So after an initial outlay, and, and let's be honest about this, you know, some metaverse technology is quite expensive. Buying some of the hardware is quite expensive. But you can go on school trips without actually going out. And, and that potentially makes it more accessible to low-income households who can't always afford the school trips, who can't always afford the clothes that their kids want to be seen in on school trips, for instance. Um, lots of exclusionary factors get opened up in the metaverse. Um, also thinking about people with mobility issues. In the metaverse, people who might not be entirely mobile offline can walk, can run, can fly, can be esports champions. It's hugely enabling in some really, really important respects as much as there are clear risks to safety and to people's emotional needs to be considered there. Yeah, I, I get all that, but you immediately think about the accessibility issues because this stuff is going to be expensive. And, and and where it's getting developed is in richer countries and and so yeah if you're in a, if you're from a community that is comparatively wealthy and you've got you know good broadband connection i guess the metaverse yeah is, is going to be available to you but for a lot of people it it isn't yeah obviously i mean i mean it seems sort of obvious when you dig into it doesn't it that like if you can't afford to go on school trips like to the science museum it's unlikely you can afford to go to the school that can afford to buy virtual reality headsets. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I can see how it, you know, you could say, oh, you know, it's a great leveller, but at the same but time, not it's not going to be... You oh, know, certainly not initially. Unless it might, the government's it might end buying up being... every school, mm, mm. It's, it's, you know, equipment, it's sort of not going to be initially a leveller in that respect. Mm. But it is a leveller in terms of, you know, if you have impaired... Um, movement or if you have you know certain yeah. issues with the the physical world you are set free from those in the virtual world and this is particularly true uh it's been being used for people for instance who um haven't yet sort of you know fixed on or 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 really sort of don't want to be labeled by their gender identity in the mm -hmm. in the physical world and you can go online and be whoever you want to be so you can kind of remake the world in the way that you want it to be and inhabit it as the person you want to be so that that sort of sets you free from many of the kind of constraints that actually people do feel uh, in the real physical world where they can't express who they really are for fear of of you know, a backlash against them so so that that's a that's a it, positive is is there not um again Maybe I'm just being cynical and old. Is is there not a chance that, you know, you sort of create the identity that you want for yourself in a metaverse, great, and then you get just a backlash in the metaverse from people? I mean, that is possible, isn't it? I mean, it depends who like, you're... it's still people. Yeah, it depends like, who you're meeting, I guess, yeah, in, in yeah, the metaverse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And do you think you who you're control that with? more than you can in real life? I'm not sure. I don't know. I think... I mean, I, I, mean, I want to say... make an argument that no, even less. Well, and when you think of the kinds of, when I think of the kinds of people that I think are going to be 
populating the metaverse with their avatars. Pedos. <laughs> we'll get to that. <laughs> of course we will. <laughs> of course we will. I was going to say, you know, it might be, you know, as Victoria said, the sort of, you know, tech bro kinds of people who maybe aren't the most, you know, open-minded, mm. forward-thinking people in those you know, yeah, those yeah, terms yeah, yeah. anyway. Yeah. But you can create safe spaces effectively in which you can operate and and, and exist and discuss stuff sort of in person, in mm-hmm, quotes, mm-hmm. with, you know, like-minded people. So so there are opportunities to form communities that, that, you know, if they're from people who are halfway around the world that you know online, you can have chats with them and you can Zoom with them and whatever else. But also you can, you know, with the metaverse, you can meet in, in it, real life and have an ice cream. The, the, the sort of the ethical uh, problems are so obvious immediately, though, because we talk about, you know, you're in a safe space. You create a safe space where you, you can talk to people from across the world. How do you know who you're talking to? Like, it's a really obvious point, but you you, you don't. How do you okay. authenticate yeah, yeah, yeah. who these people well, are I mean, that you think you're having a nice chat to about the stuff you want to talk about and it's all very nice, but then it turns out actually this person is, well, you. Like. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's get to that. I just want to put one more positive in before you know, okay. we, we slide down the, the tunnel okay. of your negatives. Okay. Um, so, and you may or may not see this as a positive, mm-hmm. but people are talking about it creating a kind of immortality. Right, so you can create an avatar. <laughs> so you can create an you avatar. Are, you are reaching for positives. <laughs> Immortality is one of them. So there's this firm called Somnium Space, and it, it basically has a, a, a feature of live called Live Forever, in which you basically create a digitized version of yourself. Mm-hmm. And and that person, that, that avatar, can live online, can have your characteristics. Basically, you can imbue it with as much personality as you're able to yeah. and your history. And it can talk about who you are, you know, and almost recite your life story once it's, you know, once it's become you and, and got to know you and given yeah. the information. Mm-hmm. And then that lives on for generations. So like, you know, so people might be able to, so like your grandchildren might be able mm-hmm. to go online and learn or, and, and have a conversation with you. So when your your child says, "Oh, I wish you'd met your granddad Rick. Mm. He was amazing, although he died of a broken heart." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 they'll say, your "Grandma no. Emma's still alive. She's absolutely <laughs> thriving." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So okay. so they can you know you can and you can do that if you you only have to think about things like Holocaust survivors, right? If you had avatars of people who live these lives and um you know and you could go and have this kind of living history kind of in- interaction so there are you know there are ways in which this is a much richer thing w- richer way of transmitting information and personal contact and personal stories um and obviously i'm one to create an avatar so that i can live on forever and tell people about everything that that nobody wants to listen to when i was alive mm, yeah this of, of all the episodes we've ever done, we, we've talked about a lot of stuff. Yeah. This is making me feel the most like a dinosaur. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I do. I'm really, on, I'm, do. I'm so on board with sort of advances in everything. And I, and I love thinking about it and, and sort of peering into the future. This stuff just sort of makes me feel really anxious and, and, <laughs> and, and uncomfortable. Like I'm not ready. And I is can't it like your grand trying to send a text? It. Yeah. Yeah. It, I think it is. 
Yeah. Let's, we're going to have to take a break. <laughs> just, just for me, really. Uh, when we get back, uh, we'll get into how cyber crimes might become even more convincing in the metaverse. Perfect. Um, we'll try and work out if anything good is coming out of it. And we'll answer today's question. Is the metaverse going to be shit? Brackets, of course it is. And we're back. Now, this is what I really want to talk about, the drawbacks <laughs> to moving our lives online and just sort of living in the metaverse. Right, so I asked Victoria about this. I think it's fair to expect that all of the bad behaviour and all of the crime and all of the safety and security risks that we already see online will be present in the metaverse in some form or other. With the added aspect, the added complication that we will have that immersive experience. So scams could be much more convincing because where at the moment a scam is delivered on your phone or on your screen, you can have a look at it. It's either a static image or it's a video or it's a tweet and you can have a bit of a critical distance from it, physically a critical distance from it, where you take a step back and you think, that doesn't look quite right. And you might go off and make a cup of tea or a cup of coffee and say, I'll come, I'll have to think about that. I'll come back to it. I won't click on it immediately. And a lot of the VR and AR, the virtual reality and augmented reality technologies at the moment, their development relies on content being delivered in your line of sight. So we'll either be wearing glasses or something will be projected on a wall in front of us. It will be about us feeling like we are in that online space. And someone who might want to con you into doing something or someone who might want to persuade you of some fake news might actually be a character, an avatar who walks up to you and attempts to have a fully fledged conversation with you. Oh, great. So just uh, <laughs> a AI generated comment. Yeah. Wicked. Yeah, I mean, it's not, Absolutely wicked. I mean, that, I mean, I'm just never going there now. 
No. Having heard that, it's like I'm never... Also, you're quite gullible as well. You, you get my gloss so <laughs> yeah, I would. in there. You're, you're, I'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah, of course, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Abso- absolutely, yeah. yeah. Have a look at my mortgage deeds. I don't see why you yeah, wouldn't. Yeah, yeah. Uh, blockchain, yeah, fine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, I mean, it, it's it's sort of the internet, but worse. Yeah. Isn't it, basically? Yeah. yeah. And, and, of course, you've got all this sort of, you know, eye tracking. So all the, all the technologies hmm. are basically created by companies who want to gather data... Yeah, and then sell well, that's you what stuff. All of the tech yeah, companies yeah, are doing yeah. fundamentally. So they'll be it? like doing your eye tracking, and and all the biometrics will be like you know part of the measurement package that you you're buying into effectively. And so they'll be selling you stuff. They'll be able to engage you. They're by, selling by, you stuff by, in both the virtual world and yeah, the real world. Yeah, because they'll they'll t- they'll take cryptocurrency, won't they? No problem at all. Yeah, no, no, no. But what I mean is, are they going to be just selling virtual products and services? No, I think real, real world, world stuff as well, if as they can. Well. They'll sell whatever they can Presumably, get away with. If, yeah, if, if you sort of peer right into the future and imagine that we are really inhabit- spending a lot of time in the metaverse, yeah. living our lives in the metaverse, then the demand for real world services and goods would plummet. It will plummet. I mean, you won't need your new would, sneakers, will be you? Because you're never leaving the house. No, that would be quite an issue for a lot of companies. Yeah, but not the ones who are already not getting on it. Not the ones who are on it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but, you know, anyway, so so obviously that's that's an issue. You, you might get conned uh, a bit more. Um, another problem is that, that, you know, you've got sort of no levelling up, no evidence that we're really going to be levelling up in terms of everybody's getting some of this. So so those companies are just, you know, looking for um, a monopoly in the metaverse. So you've got, you know, Facebook and Google and Microsoft and all the kind of usual people are, are, are buying up the technologies, you know, the yeah, virtual so there's, reality there's absolutely stuff. no sense in which suddenly you're going to decentralise and, you know, equitable sort of power share. I don't think so, it's no. just the same that, old... that is a problem, you yeah, know, that, because yeah. we, we, we don't want, you know, to be sort of having this sort of dependence on the metaverse and then find we're ultimately absolutely now, now where we might have looked at Facebook occasionally, we're now living in, in Facebook's yeah. universe. Yeah. I mean, that's a horrible thought. Mm. So, you know, we definitely kind of and want who, to think about this. Yeah, so would Facebook... I don't even understand the question I'm asking. I don't think would Facebook own the metaverse? So there's lots of no. I mean, the answer is no because the metaverse is kind of lots of different virtual reality spaces. So you've got things like Second Life already, and you've got Roblox, yeah, and you've got you know the Facebook's metaverse. But and, would there be? And there might be connections between them. There might not be. So mm. there might be entirely separate mm. things, and we don't know how that's going to evolve. And it might be that you know you you can only use like one type of VR headset in in one of those things, and yeah, and it doesn't yeah, work yeah, with another. Yeah. So so we don't know anything about that yet. Basically, how it's going to work. So it's sort of weirdly ghettoized as well. Yeah, and and like you know, and, unless one, unless like Facebook's one. Second Life is already would. kind of like a ghost town, I think now. Yeah, but yeah. if you. People used to run physics conferences in Second Life. Did they? Yeah, to stop people needing to fly around the world yeah, to be together. Yeah. So it's a great idea. Yeah. But it just sort of, you know, fizzles out. And, and now I quite like the idea of going to a metaverse that's a ghost town. <laughs> just like yeah, hanging yeah. out you know, down by the river or something and just like sit there. You're just going to boot in some windows and stuff because no one's going to take it. Yeah, that's good. Oh, the in the vandal okay, comes okay. out. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> now we're talking. <laughs> um, so if if this does happen, and we end up putting our lives like online, like way more than they already are, like yeah. really just yeah, probably, living online yeah. effectively. What good 
could come out of it. All right. So there are good potential applications for this, especially in things like healthcare. So this was something that Victoria told us about. In terms of healthcare benefits and benefits to our well-being, we're already seeing virtual reality VR being used in therapeutic situations. So for people who have phobias, for people who have social anxiety, but really importantly, for people who are demonstrating the first signs of dementia, so being able to reconnect them with their memories or to put them in a place they feel comfortable in. So for people who are who are really quite, you know, feeling quite anxious, to put them somewhere they feel more comfortable, to me is a massive benefit. If at any point in my life I start to experience signs of dementia, I really want to be somewhere that I feel nice and cozy, that isn't scary. And if if I can take myself or someone can take me somewhere else that I feel more comfortable, gosh, that sounds fantastic, doesn't it? Yeah, this this is something we talked about in our What's the Worst Pain in the World episode, isn't it? Where VR treatments could be used to provide relief for chronic pain, yeah, essentially of... just by putting you in a in an environment where it's easier to be distracted from. Yeah, yeah, which is an amazing thing yeah, to think about. Yeah, 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 yeah. Does, does have cool. an effect. So, so that is good. And I can see that the you know, dementia thing, like if mm-hmm, you're sitting mm-hmm. in a care home and actually you can have a really positive experience of, you know, of the day, by being in a VR environment, yeah. I think that's a really good thing. It's a really positive thing. Mm. I think with some of the other stuff, so so some of the benefits that are talked about, are like you know, people who have a physical disability, you know, they're kind of set free yeah. in, in many ways, and you, mm. you can say that's a really good thing. But at the same time, I sort of feel like surely we could put effort into making the physical world better for those people as mm. well. You know, mm. so sometimes it feels like you know you're excusing this whole sort of indulgence of of the metaverse yeah by saying oh it's going to be brilliant for the people who are sort of socially excluded at the moment and it's like well should we not can we work on the social <laughs> yeah, can we, yeah. can we not like fix that bit you know mm. so because people talk about you know it being great for people with autism uh you know they can sort of explore safe spaces in a safer way that doesn't you know bring the same anxiety on mm. and it's like well you could actually make the world better for autistic people as well yeah, you know, in in the real world, uh, so I'm sort of slightly um, bothered by those kinds of justifications. The other thing that that is talked about as well is increase in empathy. So you go and you have the experience of, uh, yeah, of yeah, what's yeah. being what it's like to be a refugee. Yeah, you know, imagine being in like say one of those small boats, you know, on the channel. Like, what's it like to be in there? And then they're saying, you know, if if you have that experience, it changes your your view of that whole sort of political situation. Yeah, I mean, they've done stuff with um, with people who hold racist views, haven't they? Yes, Where they, they yeah. put you in the shoes of a black person getting abused, yeah. for example. And that literally changes people's, people's yeah. attitudes. So I, I can absolutely see that as being a really positive... Yeah. I mean, but the- it's not... It's sort of not really the metaverse, I, I'd argue. This is just about... This is just a specific, like, immersive... Yeah, it's like yeah, empathy. I guess I guess generator. it's not really the metaverse in that it's not no. part of the whole. It's just sort a, of it's day, a virtual reality life. thing, isn't it? It is, yeah. But but you know, it's a good example. Mm. But the problem again is how do you get people who are racist to be willing to have that yeah, experience? Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, how do you get Suella Braveman to put on the VR set and say this is what it's like in a in a, a you know, small boat in the in the channel? Well, obviously, I couldn't possibly comment on that. So um, you know, so what I'm saying is, you know, it 
it's a good justification. I can understand, but actually the details of it are difficult to sort of, you know, really believe that it's going to make that much difference. But in dementia, I kind of feel like if if I'm ever in a home, you know, with, you know, decreasing cognitive abilities, loss of memory and everything else, and just the days are just sort of drifting past me, mm. I quite like the idea of being engaged in the metaverse. That will be the point. Yeah, Ironically, yeah. when I'm really old, that will yeah. be the point I get on board. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, one of the problems with this is by the time I'm old, the whole fad might have died away. In the, you know, like I told you, Second Life is kind of like a bit of a ghost town now. Mm. And what we're seeing is a lot of the kind of hype from just a couple of years ago has really died down now. So I was going to say, I, I'd like purely anecdotally, I feel like people were really pumped about this yeah, yeah. like 18 months ago. Yeah. And yeah. it just sort of feels like it's dissipated slightly. That, yeah. The yeah. energy. Exactly. So I, I saw this, there was an article in the FT where they said, if you type metaverse into Google trends, the, the, the traffic has collapsed like 80% over the mm. past year. Mm. It's like people just aren't that interested anymore. And lots of the sort of divisions of these companies that makes the virtual reality headsets and some of the hardware stuff are basically being folded mm. because there's just not enough demand for them. Well, do um, you know anyone who's got one? No. I don't think I do. No. I, I don't. And, and Apple was making these sort of sophisticated glasses for AR and VR. And it's just... Look at the massive success of Google Glass and thought, we'd like yeah. another slice <laughs> yeah. of that, please. And they're, yeah. just back, they're just basically put it on the back burner. It's like, let's, mm. let's not prioritise that. So, um, you know, Microsoft has been sa- sacking lots of people. Uh, there was army um, testers, uh, US military tested um, the goggles that, that Microsoft had made, which are six grand a pop. Mm-hmm. Um, and they said they're basically dangerous and poorly designed. Great. And um, it's so like, effectively, no one really wants this. So nobody really wants this. So that's, by the time I'm old, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so by the time I'm old, I'm just thinking it won't even be there. You'll have to wait for the second wave of, of the metaverse. Is there any way that you can just sort of uh, mothball an av- your avatar somewhere? And then when it does eventually kick off, you, Comes back you, you to fire life. up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. A bit like cryonics for yeah. my avatar. Yeah. <laughs> Who's this guy? Ah. Yeah, it's that guy from the 21st century. Yeah, I don't really think we need to ask our expert if the metaverse is going to be shit or not, because I already know the answer. <laughs> um, but I imagine you did ask her. I did ask her. I often think to myself... Is it time to move the entirety of our lives online or is it going to be a bit shit and a bit of a disappointment? And look, if you believe all of the hype around the metaverse, um, it's going to be all singing, all dancing, we'll never want to leave. At the same time, what we've seen so far of you know what Mark Zuckerberg has been announcing for Meta's version of the metaverse is that we're all gonna look a bit cartoonish and we won't have any legs. So we've got to try and temper that hype and that disappointment. It's going to be somewhere in between the two, I'm afraid. And it's going to take time. But in reality, a lot of our lives are already online. Everything I do has a digital connected component. The metaverse, far from being this far off time horizon of 2030, 2035, 2040, is actually just a continuation of all of those technologies that we already use. So is it time for us to move all of our lives online? We already have.
I think the word she used was a bit shit. Yeah. Have we have we just wasted forty minutes of everyone's time here? <laughs> just like to say, stating at the top, yeah, it's going to be shit, and then ending by saying, yes, exactly as we it's thought. It's going to be shit for interesting reasons. I guess, yeah, I guess. I, I think my my favourite reason is that fundamentally people are losing interest. <laughs> Nobody wants it. Yeah, <laughs> they're like, no, you're good actually. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, mate. <laughs> Zuckerberg is to the metaverse, Elon Musk to self driving cars, basically. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I mean, has the vision, wants to get there, doesn't know how to do it. Yeah. Probably less of a prick, though, isn't he? I think. Or maybe I not, actually. I don't know about that. I think that's a tough call. Not a bad episode. Who's a bigger prick? <laughs> Mark Zuckerberg right. or Elon Musk. Make a note of that. <laughs> yeah. Eureka is a stack production presented by Dr. Michael Brooks and Rick Edwards. The production team is Temi Adebayo, Katie Baxter, Luke Moore and Charlie Morgan. Sound designed by Katie Baxter. Special thanks to today's expert, Professor Victoria Baines. Please subscribe and rate wherever you listen to your podcast. It does make a massive difference. We also really love hearing from you guys. So if you have any burning questions you want us to answer, drop us an email at eureka at stack.london or you can find us, as always, on Twitter at EurekaPod. Eureka is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network.